again, the tying run comes to the plate. So two outs, runner at first, and Dylan Carlson. One and two on Carlson. Locked him up with a curveball. Ten strikeouts for Corbin Burns. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. doesn't have to do with anything other than I want to brag. I'm going to the movie theater tonight. To the cinema. I haven't gone to the movie theater as a choice of my own since before the pandy, I'm pretty sure. Not that I went that often pre-pandy, in the before time. I went to see Top Gun with my parents, although that was my parents. They're like, we should go, and I'm like, okay, yes, it was great. Go to see Jurassic World. I'm so fired up. It's going to suck. It's going to be so bad, and I don't care. Show me some dinosaurs. Bring them on. I love it. Uh, Should I be that rude guy that has the brewer game on my phone? Darkness all the way down. No sound, obviously. I wonder if I can pull it off. One of the reasons I don't like going to movie theaters is because I don't need to make this a you people thing. But it's it's not a me thing. This is a you people thing. You guys with the popcorn. And the bags and the coughing. Do you go to the movie theater just to make as much noise as possible? I could sit through three movies in a row and I could I could be quieter than silence. You'd never know I was there. Five minutes into Jurassic World, the woman behind me is fist deep in a bag of popcorn and just shoving it in. I can hear pieces hitting the floor. I can hear breathing. Oh, you, one went down the wrong pipe. Gotta cough that up. God. I know the movie's going to stink. The crowd at the theater is going to be annoying, but I don't care because there's going to be dinosaurs. So, yes, we're about to talk Brewers Cardinals. We're going to have one of my favorite guests tonight, David Gasper. The show's going to be great. Just know that this whole time I'm I'm really just looking at the clock until 6 o'clock when I can go home and get ready to go see Jurassic World. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Can't wait. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just kidding. I'm with you in heart and spirit and in mind 100%. For these, for these next two hours. I would think of nothing else. No distractions exist during this show. How could I think about anything else or be focused on anything else, especially after last night's Brewers win over the Cardinals? Two to nothing. What a fun game. Going to talk about that a lot tonight. I think if you, like me, watched the Brewer game last night, I had the hockey game on my laptop. Hockey game was fun. I don't like to whine when the game is not close because not every game is going to be close. There were fun parts of last night's game. There were redeeming parts, but... Since game one, none of these games in Stanley Cup Finals have been close. So last night, I could kind of watch that from a distance and really dial into this Brewers-Cardinals game, and it felt a little bit like a playoff game. It would be very, it would be very, very, I think, childish to say, that felt like a playoff game, because it didn't. It's, you know, the 21st of June. But it had a little, a little bit of that. A little bit, just a dash, just a pinch of playoff punch. Uh, and the Brewers able to shut out the Cardinals last night. Arenado and Goldschmidt combining to go 0 for 8. Now, they didn't see Devin Williams, so all eight of those at-bats would have came against Corbin Burns or Josh Hader in the ninth. I wonder the last time that those two were combined to go 0 for 8 in a game. You know what I mean? In a game they both played, the last time they both went without a hit. Maybe it's not that long ago, but I can't imagine it happens very often. Those two have been unreal to start the year. So really impressive Brewer game. I want to talk a bunch about that tonight. Obviously, that's what I want to start with. David Gasper will be here in an hour and a half. 
We will talk about Lorenzo Cain presumably retiring, and we can discuss that. I'm excited to talk about that with Gasper. He put up a piece at Reviewing the Brew yesterday, the five best Brewers moments with Lorenzo Cain. It's a very good piece. You should read it, and we'll talk about some of those moments and kind of how to evaluate and how to judge Lorenzo Cain's career. I want to do that at 4.30 with you as well, even before Gasper gets here. Yesterday, I posed a question. Do we underrate Lorenzo Cain's 2018 and 2019 seasons? No, we remember him as really good. He's a huge part of these teams, but go back and watch highlights. Go back and look at stats. I don't know if we talk enough about how great he was in 2018 and even in 2019 too. And who knows if he would have played 2020, maybe he would have had another really good productive season. I guess we'll never know now. And now he is off the Brewers. Maybe they'll try to bring him back. We could rumor that Ryan Braun style for the last two months of the season. Probably not. But I want to talk about Lorenzo Cain and how we should judge and look at his career. We'll do that coming up at 430. 608-796-2558 is how you can call and text me. You can follow me on Twitter, tweet me, contact me, give me that sweet engagement during the show. At Wisco Grant, like I said, we are approaching 1,700 followers on Twitter. We're eight away. So at some point this week, I'm thinking Thursday, we're going to do a big uh, big follower rush. Got to get that to 1,700. Um That'll be a fun team effort. We'll do that later this week. But yeah, if you're on Twitter, find me at Wisco Grant. Okay, last night, Brewers win two to nothing. Let's talk about this game. I love the NBA. I talk about the NBA a lot. I like NBA fandom for the most part, although we do some annoying things. Uh, I like the NBA media, although the NBA media here and there can do some annoying things. But for the most part, I love it all. There is one really annoying thing that NBA fans do and NBA media members do, and you see it in the playoffs, right? We saw it just a couple weeks back with Celtics-Nets. You might have seen this after game one. Playoff series is starting. Game one is good, comes down to the wire. Game one ends, and everyone on NBA Twitter rushes to tweet, I'll take six more of those. Yeah, let's go seven. I want seven of these. It's very lame. It's very redundant. Like, let's be original. However, I almost tweeted that last night. (laughs) I had it dialed up. I'm like, hey, bartender, Three more of those, please, because the game was awesome. Instead, I settled for something rather lame. I tweeted, can't sweep the Cardinals in a four-game series if you don't win game one. I'm not proud of it. I had to tweet something. Everyone was excited about the game. I had to throw my hat in the ring. Didn't get as many likes as I would have liked, but, you know, what are you going to do? I almost tweeted. That's how I felt last night. I enjoyed last night's game so much. It was so entertaining. So many good plays, so many good players. I'm like, hey, can we get three more of those this week, please? Let's have a four-game series of awesome baseball games like that. That game lived up to the hype. I was texting with my grandma about it last night after the game. She was dialed in. She is uh, visiting my parents from Arizona. She does once a year or so. My parents probably had it on. And uh, my grandma just takes in whatever's going on. She's the most observant person I think I've ever met. She was dialed in. She said, yeah, I even raised my voice at the end of the game. She lives in Arizona. She's not a diehard sports fan, right? This series is huge. Because the Brewers and Cardinals were tied as of yesterday afternoon, right? It is only June 21st, so maybe this series is more of a midterm exam than it is a final exam. It's a checkpoint, right? We want to evaluate this team. I I believe uh, some folks would call it a litmus test, you know, take the temperature of the team, just a checkpoint, right? This is a big moment. We want to see after some good stretches, some bad stretches, after an eight-game losing streak, how's this team going to shake out? How are they going to play? How are they going to perform against not only a division rival, but a really solid baseball team? Brewers haven't fared so well against solid baseball teams, teams above 500, right? 
in 10 minutes or so, I want to talk about some of the offensive numbers, right? How they've fared against poor teams, how they've fared against good teams, exactly what they need to prove this week besides just ideally winning some games uh, and taking a lead in the division as they're now up one game. Both teams were 38 and 30 yesterday. Now the Brewers game up. We'll do that in about 10 minutes or so. I don't have a specific take on last night's game. I don't have a carefully crafted analogy. Maybe tomorrow. Check back tomorrow. Uh, I just kind of want to rant and rave about a couple of players and moments from last night's game. Very uh, off the cuff, from the hip, uh, very loose. I want to just talk about Corbin Burns for a few minutes. You've seen the stats. You watch him pitch. You know how good he is. I'm not going to teach you anything new. You're not going to walk away from today's show thinking, you know, I... I had my doubts on this Corbin Burns guy. You know, I wasn't really a believer, but I tell you, you know, that opening monologue that Grant had today, that really sold me. I'm in on this guy. Like, we're, we're already sold. He's great. He just won a Cy Young Award. He is the guy. I don't think there are any folks who are skeptics of Corbin Burns at this point. I don't think there are any Brewers fans that are arguing on their Twitter account, Corbin Burns is overrated. Right? I'm not going to pull anything over on you regarding Corbin Burns. Burns wasn't bad per se the last two weeks but at no point was he the elite shutout stopper that the team needed especially with Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff out those are two other guys who can put their foot down and be an elite you know losing streak stopper pitch a shutout go seven shutout innings like Burns did last night Burns is probably the only guy other than maybe Eric Lauer but Eric Lauer hasn't been pitching great either he wasn't the guy the team desperately needed the last two weeks It's an insanely high bar, but he did not meet that bar. Burns, for the rest of his career, can be so-so against Philly and ho-hum against the Mets. I don't really care if he does this against St. Louis. These are his last two starts against the Cardinals, right? So last night, sure you've seen his line at some point in the last almost 24 hours now. Seven innings pitched, two hits, zero earned runs, two walks, 10 strikeouts. Back on May 29th against the Cardinals. Seven innings pitched, two hits, zero earned runs, one walk, 11 strikeouts. For the rest of his career, as long as he's a brewer, he can be ho-hum against the Mets. He can be so-so against the Phillies for stretches throughout the regular season. If I get this Corbin Burns against the Cardinals, I'll take it. (laughs) That matters most. I like that. I love the idea of Cardinals fans seeing Corbin Burns on the schedule and thinking, oh, damn. Oh, I don't want to deal with this guy. Not this effing guy with his long hair and his cocky long stare in the home plate. Not this guy. He always beats our ass. Because that's how we felt about Wainwright. Although the Brewers did Wainwright pretty good last time we saw him. And I believe the Brewers have Wainwright tomorrow. Yes. Flaherty tonight, Wainwright tomorrow, and then Dakota Hudson, the afternoon game on Thursday. Brewers fans felt this way about Cardinals pitching for the longest time. We felt this way about Jose Quintana. Remember that era in 2018 where just the Brewers couldn't touch Jose Quintana until, you know, game 163 when it mattered and into the playoffs, although they didn't match up in the playoffs, but you get my point. Brewers, we've looked at pitchers around baseball and thought, oh, this guy owns us. It'd be fun to have a guy who just owns the Cardinals all the time. And Corbin Burns, relative to most starting pitchers in baseball, owns just about everybody. But for his standards, has been ho-hum in moments this year, but not against St. Louis. And I'll take a below-average start against Philly, below Corbin Burns' average, that is. I'll take that every day of the week if I get this versus the Cardinals. Absolutely. Last night in my notes, there's one thing I wrote down. And last night I went to bed. I thought, crap, how am I going to build a show around this? Um, Maybe you've noticed this as well. Do you just watch what Corbin Burns' body looks like when he pitches? 
if you ever watch videos of hurdlers, right, so think track and field, the way they keep their head level while all of their body is moving around, the way they keep in line and they stay efficient and they don't waste motion, look at how Corbin Burns pitches. It looks like he's doing yoga because when he does his wind-up and his kick, his arms, his chest, his head, they don't move. It's like a yoga pose. They don't move. They stay perfectly level, perfectly in balance. And then his delivery is pretty quick, and the ball just arrives so quickly. It's nuts. And especially with that cutter, the way he can just dot it on the outside corner of the strike zone, the way that he delivers, the ball comes out so quickly, but yet the delivery is so balanced and smooth. It's tough to look at as a hitter, and the ball arrives so quickly, and that cutter is so well-located, and it was well-located last night. Holy smokes. That the hitter, not really getting a good read on the ball, is probably just going to take the pitch, and it's going to dot the outside corner of the zone. That's really hard to hit. And it's very different than Josh Hader, which is chaos and noise and this spastic delivery that's just arms and limbs flying everywhere. Corbin Burns, it's like he's doing a yoga pose, and then all of a sudden the ball's in the glove of the catcher just like that. And I know that's not a technical breakdown. I know I'm not a pitching coach breaking down his mechanics, but that's the way I see it on my TV, and it's so pretty to watch. Think of his pitching like he's doing yoga next time you watch. You'll see it. I want to talk about Tyro Taylor. Day one yesterday of officially being or basically being the number one standalone center fielder, or maybe it was Sunday, right? Because Lorenzo Cain, I guess, was DFA'd on Saturday. Although we didn't do a show until last night, so we really didn't get to set the parameters. So in the space of this show, in the context of this show, last night was Tyrone Taylor's first day of being the standalone everyday center fielder. And his homer was the difference last night. Sold out for a fastball, confidently waited for that fastball. It was a sinker that just didn't really move, and he smashed it out. He talked to Sophia after the game, said, yeah, I've been talking with the hitting coaches and my guys about basically just selling out for pitches, just confidently calling my shot, and he didn't miss that one. And it's a good thing he didn't because it was the only scoring of the entire game. Group project for us, for you and me. This is something we're all going to do together. We're all going to watch Tyrone Taylor with a microscope. Because David Stearns is going to watch him with a microscope. Center field is the branch of the company that the board is evaluating right now. They're looking at the money coming in, the money going out. They're looking to cut waste. They're looking to add. They're looking to do whatever. Because all parts of the company, we got uh, we got accounts over here. Accounts is good. They're bringing in new business. Leaders are happy. Managers are happy. Clients are happy. That's good. We look over here at sales. Oh, sales is great. Right? The clients are getting good numbers. The account managers are giving those good numbers to the clients. That's happy. Sales is killing it. Look at that over there. Oh, we look over here. Well, what's this? What's this What's this department? This department doesn't look so good. What do we, we got to do? We got to shake the tree. Get in there. Do we need to hire someone new? Do we need to shake it up? What do we got to do? That department is center field. I was looking at wins above average yesterday on the show for the center field position. Brewers are 27th in Major League Baseball. They were 28th yesterday. I presume that Taylor's home run gave him a boost over the Cubs who lost to the Pirates 12 to one yesterday. <laughs> so the center field, 154 plate appearances from Lorenzo Cain, 105 from Tyrone Taylor and five plate appearances for Jonathan Davis. If the Brewers are looking to add, they have the most room for improvement at center field. So let's see what they can get from Taylor. He had a hot streak a few weeks back. Let's see if he's capable of just a little bit more. That's what David Stearns is watching for. I'm going to have a page on my legal pad dedicated to him. We're going to be tweeting updates. Everybody. We're going to dial in big group project, Tyrone Taylor, watching him under a microscope because that's what Brewers management is doing. I want to talk about Jason Lane really quickly before we take a break. Yeah, Jason Lane, third base coach. Get it together, Jason, okay? 
Brewers left a run on the board last night, maybe two. All right, important runs. Badger Mutual Insurance runs could have been the difference between a three zero ball game or a four zero ball game in the ninth. Pretty important when you got to see Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. And at one point there was a runner on first. Game could be knotted up in the swing of a bat, and all of a sudden you've wasted a Corbin Burns seven inning shutout performance, a Devin Williams one two three eighth inning. You've wasted that. Not good. Now you got to go in extra innings. Before Chichi Gonzalez or Chichi Rodriguez or Chichi whatever Chichi's pitching tonight, you don't want to gas your bullpen anymore. They left runs on the field last night. Two moments that I'm talking about specifically: bottom four tie game zero zero. Adamas leads off with a double. Rowdy Telez fielder's choice. Adamas goes to third. Andrew McCutcheon fly out to center. Didn't send Adamas. Mm. Renfro walked, and then Narvaez flied out. Now this one I get a little bit because Renfro's been hot. You'd hate to have. McCutcheon, or excuse me, Adamas, thrown out at home with Renfro coming up. I get it to a degree. Bottom eight, Brewers up 2-0. Adamas single, Telez line out, McCutcheon fielder's choice. Renfro double to left center. They held McCutcheon at third. Okay, I get the first one a little bit with Renfro coming up. Worst case scenario, Jason Lane sends both of these guys. Both guys get gunned, and the score going into the ninth for Josh Hader is still 2-0. Okay? Make... The defense make a play. Hunter Renfro got gunned last week against the Mets. Everyone lost their mind, and now Jason Lane is coaching scared, right? Sending runners on so-so plays like that, it's the equivalent to going for it on fourth down in the NFL. Yeah, you're going to get burned sometime, but the extra offense you get as a result is going to outweigh the negatives of occasionally getting gunned down. I get the Cardinals are a good throwing team, and again, I get Renfro was coming to the plate in the fourth inning. He's been hot. You don't want to get gunned down. But hey, Jason Lane, let's get some stones at third base, okay? Let's let's look alive. Show a little energy. Let's take a break. Talk more Brewers Cardinals coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. Brewers won last night 2 nothing. Hyping up Cardinals Brewers yesterday. I've been building the whole week around it. I'm like, man, we're going to get to talk about this so much on the show, and it's going to be great. These games are huge. We're all going to be locked in. And I was kind of scared that last night's game was going to be a dud, and it was not. Because if it was a dud, I don't know what we'd talk about today. I can't do Packers. I can't do it. You know uh, you know the, the episode of Arrested Development where Martin Short plays Uncle Jack? I'll never go chair. I'll never go Packers. I'm not doing it this week. I'm going to find a way to squeeze every drop of Brewers conversation I can out of this Brewers Cardinals series. David Gasper is going to join us. Speak of the devil. Talk Brewers at 530. We're going to take a, uh, a little look under the hood at the cane of uh, or the career of Lorenzo Cain. Not the cane. We're going to look at the cane, but the career of Lorenzo Cain. Uh, we're going to do that in an hour. We'll share some random Brewers with each other. Talk about Brewers, Cardinals, all that jazz. I want to litigate and review the Brewers career of Lorenzo Cain coming up in 10 minutes with you. So if you have thoughts, prepare them, organize them, and give me a call in about 10 minutes. 608 796 2558. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. I think we really underrate Lorenzo Cain's time with the Brewers, and we think of it as pretty good. I don't think that's enough. So we're going to talk about it in 10 minutes or so. I love this series because the story is great, right? It sets itself up. The matchup sells itself. Those are the best products. Those are the best TV shows. Those are the best songs. 
the best product, the product that sells itself. This series is selling itself. I don't have to come on the air and tell you this is why this series is great. It's the rival Cardinals. We hate them. Just looking at the face of Tommy Edmond pisses me off. It just makes me unhappy. Looking at Miles Michaelis, I'm like, dude, shave your mustache. It looks stupid. I have a mustache. And I look at Miles Michaelis, it's like, oh, your name is Miles? That's dumb name, dumbass name. <laughs> like, I, there's something so irrational about how we feel about the Cardinals. The demand just creates itself. You need to watch Brewers Cardinals. The matchup is enticing. The Brewers are great at pitching, the Cardinals are great at hitting. Last night's game kind of showed us the trope of great pitching beats great offense. Don't know if that plays out every night, but it played out last night. That's kind of cool. Both teams were tied at 38 and 30 coming in. I love it, right? We outlined some important stats yesterday, what the Brewers need to improve upon and what they have to prove this week. Will Salmon had this athletic with Katie Wu or had this article with Katie Wu. Did I say he had this, the athletic? Will Sam and Katie Wu in The Athletic, and I mentioned this yesterday on Bill's show when I was hosting with Ben, they outlined everything that's going on with the Brewers, with the Cardinals. It's just a great catch-up with both teams. What's going well? What's not going well? What do they need to improve, right? The last portion of the article was an excerpt from Will Salmon, the Brewers author, friend of show. And it says, what can we learn about the Brewers this week slash weekend? He says, can the Brewers hit against a good team? I'm going to read you these stats. Against teams 500 or better, Milwaukee has a 598 OPS, worst in the NL, and better than only the Rays and Tigers. Of the Brewers' 89 home runs, third best in the majors, only 20 are against teams 500 or better. Not all great teams have great pitching staffs, and while the Cardinals don't rank favorably on the season in several categories, they are throwing their four best starters, Michaelis, Flaherty, Wainwright, and Hudson, all right-handers. For the Brewers, this is a big-picture question. Can they do enough offensively against good teams? Can they carry their hot hitting against the lowly Reds to Milwaukee? Amen. That's it. That's it right there. That's the ticket. That's what we should be watching. That's what we should be focusing on. Was the answer to that yes last night? I mean, they had a couple brilliant scoring opportunities. In the fourth, in the eighth, they had a leadoff double or a runner at second or third with less than two outs. And you're not going to score every time that happens. Cardinals are really good defensively. Nolan Arenado probably saved a run or two just by himself last night with some of the plays that he made. And Miles Michael has pitched really well. I also think Jason Lane coached a little bit like a coward last night. Probably could have sent McCutcheon on Rowdy Telez's double in the eighth inning. Probably could have sent Adamas home on the sack fly by um, McCutcheon earlier in the game, too, which was in the fourth. Uh, they left some runs on the board. So you replay, re-simulate last night's game a couple of times. The Brewers probably score more than two runs. The Cardinals, I think, were lucky to have it within two going to the ninth. But luck is a part of the game, right? You have to play through luck. You have to win with luck or win despite of luck of the other team. The Brewers only scoring two runs last night is not a great sign. But Miles Michaelis has been pitching well, at least I think. Got an ERA under three. See Jack Flaherty tonight, who's working back from really two or three seasons of just being injured now. Poor guy. As much as, again, I hate the Cardinals. Screw Jack Flaherty. Hope he stays injured forever. <laughs> like it's, it's an irrational thing. But Jack Flaherty is their ace. He's working back off of injury. And they're going to see him tonight. He is, his ERA is six. Can the Brewers put together multiple scoring efforts in a game? Can they score in bunches? Can they score runs without hitting one home run that defines their whole game, right? When the Brewers losing a couple of weeks ago, I kept bringing up, they have one recipe to win. 
they get one source of offense, and the starting pitching in the bullpen needs to hold off and and win with the one bit of offense they're given, which is why I kind of like seeing the Brewers win seesaw games. I like seeing them take a lead, lose the lead, then take the lead back because that shows this team has some bounce, some resiliency, some elasticity. When way too often the Brewers go up to nothing and the pitching is expected to hold that or the Brewers don't win, plain and simple. That's not good enough. I need a little more. So the Brewers won last night. I still don't think that last night proved that the Brewers can hit good pitching or hit against good teams more specifically. It's not always that they can't hit good pitching. They can't hit against good teams. Now, good teams are more likely to have a better defense. They're more likely to have better pitching, although it's not always the case. Also, those teams have better offenses. Does that apply some sort of pressure? Does the Brewers' offense play tighter, knowing that the offense in the other dugout can actually score a little bit? Be this bizarre mental effect, but maybe that's a thing. I don't know. We can talk about this coming up. I also want to relitigate and revisit the Brewers' career of Lorenzo Kane. And whether or not we underrate it. I think we do. Criminally. And we talk about how Lorenzo Cain's awesome. I don't think it's still enough. I still don't think we realize and appreciate how good he was. Especially in 18 and in 19 as well. We'll do that coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. David Gasper in one hour. Talk Lorenzo Kane, talk Brewers Cardinals, and of course, we'll have some random Brewers to laugh about as well. I would really love to hear from you. You know, a lot of times, let's throw the number out there. Eh, if you want to call, go ahead. Text me, call me. No, no, no. This is the part of the show where Larry sings a silly song. No, this is the part of the show where I'd actually really love to hear from you because I want to talk about Lorenzo Kane and how we remember his Brewers career. Not this obnoxious legacy conversation like, what's your Brewers Mount Rushmore? What's this and that? No, I don't I don't want to get lame about it. I want to talk about 2018 and 2019, which is a long time ago now. And I think it feels even longer because it was before the Pandy. This Pandy put up some weird mental wall that makes it seem so long ago, and it wasn't, right? But I think we misremember, and we tend to forget exactly how many great plays... Kane made. And it's not just the home run robberies. It's not just the great plays in center. Consistent offensive production. Big offensive production, right, in 2018 and in 2019. And I think we tend to forget about that for pandemic-related reasons, for Christian Yelich reasons, too. Yelich was better. So naturally, we focused and we think more about Yelich. But I think we really underrate the career of Lorenzo Kane, especially in 2018 and 2019. So this is the part of the show I'd actually really like to talk to you 608-796-2558. can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant, if that's your thing. If you're on Twitter and you like to tweet, then I like to tweet too. So let's tweet together. It'll be fun. Find me at Wisco Grant. So the Brewers had Lorenzo Kane in 2018, and they give him, what was the exact uh, breakdown? Hold on, Lorenzo Kane contract 2018, because he was signed... Within, didn't we learn of the Lorenzo Cain signing within hours of the Christian Yelich trade or vice versa? Okay, five years, 80 million, right? So this was this huge contract. And when it happened, I remember very clearly. This is, for whatever reason, something that I have an easy time remembering. I remember the original reaction to things. 
I remember where I was when it happened. I was sitting on the floor of my uh, my college home in Lacrosse. It's right across from Bikes Limited. We called it the Little Caesars District. I was sitting cross-legged on the floor, and I was playing Call of Duty. And I didn't like playing Call of Duty in my room by myself, so I would burden my roommates by bringing my little TV out into the living room and sitting on the floor, right? And then I could watch TV with them and be a part of things. And then my friend, my roommate Gunner, would sit behind me, and he would, you know, cheer me on. You know, nice shot. Yep, good quick scope. Yeah, I know. Just nailed that guy, right? Look at this. And then I'd call him a name on the headset, and it was fun. And I remember my phone buzzing me as I'm sitting cross-legged on the floor, and I saw Lorenzo Kane contract. Holy balls! Pause Call of Duty. Go on to Twitter. And I remember, like it was yesterday, obviously. I think I was playing Gustav Cannon was the map at the time, too. And I was running a sniper. I don't remember which one. Not with the iron sights. I could never get the iron sights down in World War II. But I paused the game. That's not the point. And I go on Twitter, and I remember everyone saying, wow. How awesome is it that the Brewers have Lorenzo Cain back? This is great for the team. This is going to be so, 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 so great. But this contract is going to suck at the end because he's getting up there in age, right? He's getting to the point now where he's going to start breaking down. And at the end of that contract, it's going to hurt, right? Which is why I don't like people acting surprised when he gets old and expensive in this last year. I don't like people saying, oh, this contract sucks. No, 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 no. This was always a thing. People said it before he ever put on a Brewers jersey. We had this figured out. We had this pegged. And I got a tweet from, hmm, who was it? Marlo, 0822. All right. Accountant living in Madison. Uh, he likes tennis, fighting games, and music. Theory. Ooh, fighting games. Okay, Call of Duty guy, my guy. So he tweeted at me earlier today. He responded to my Lorenzo Kane tweet, and he said, I think it's always tough for fans to put things in a context. When a player provides 90% of their value in the first year of a multi-year contract. I saw that and I thought, hmm, interesting. So the Brewers signed Kane for five years, 80 million bucks, knowing that it was mostly for the first year or two. It is hard to evaluate. You almost have to look at that contract differently. And we do this with NFL contracts all the time, right? Andrew Brandt is like king of this on Twitter. He tweets it every other day. And for some reason, we treat it as an original content every time. He'll tweet, really, all of these contracts are two years, and let's see. Two years, and then we'll see. Two years, and then we'll reevaluate. It's like, yeah, Andrew Brand, I heard you the first 100 times you tweeted this. Thank you. Go tell another story about how you used to work in the Packers front office. Anyways, point is, we have learned how to use certain lenses when evaluating NFL contracts, right? When a player gets five years, $120 million or whatever, we have become smart enough to look at that deal and know, okay, you're getting this much guaranteed in the first two years, and then after that, none of that money is really guaranteed. So probably what will happen is you'll play this contract out for two, maybe three years, the team will reevaluate, restructure, or trade you, or cut you to save money, or whatever, right? We're very good at looking through lenses to evaluate NFL contracts. And because baseball is all guaranteed, it's a little bit more black and white than that. But for a player like Lorenzo Cain, who is getting up there in age, you needed to know, as Marlo tweeted at me, and... I hadn't really thought about this. You needed to look at it and say, okay, well, really, you're paying $80 million, which is an inflated amount for, for the first two, maybe three years. And who knows how we'd look at Lorenzo Cain's career. He might have had a really bitch in 2020 year two, except he sat out because of the pandy, so we'll never know. Sat out because of COVID. So really, the Brewers played $80 bucks to get two elite years of Lorenzo Cain, maybe three. When you look at this contract through that lens... It's a little different, and it becomes easier to evaluate this player. So if Lorenzo Cain was essentially getting $80 million for two years, so they're paying him $40 million, look at it this way, $40 million in 2018, $40 million in 2019, his numbers start to make a lot more sense. 
2018, I'm looking at batting average leaders. It's nuts how much higher batting averages used to be, by the way. There is... <laughs> there's 20 guys, 21 guys hitting 300 or better. Daniel Murphy was 22 at 299. And then Jesse Winker and Castellanos, even these guys, Manny Machado at 297. Lorenzo Cain in 2018 was up there in batting average, as was Christian Yelich. Lorenzo Cain hit 308 that season in 539 at bats, scored 90 runs, had 166 hits. Again, hit 308. 71 walks to 38 RBIs, 10 home runs. He wasn't the biggest run producer, but for the most part, he was playing leadoff, remember? Right? So he was nuts that year. If you look at MVP voting in 2018, this is something I never remember. And listeners and and Twitter followers have brought this up. Uh, And if this is something you've mentioned, I appreciate it. Thank you. Lorenzo Cain was seventh in NL MVP voting in 2018. He's behind Yelich, who won. Baez, Arenado, Freddie Freeman, Jacob deGrom, Paul Goldschmidt, and then Lorenzo Cain came in at seventh. He was just in front of Trevor Story, Matt Carpenter, Max Scherzer, Anthony Rendon, and on and on and on we go. There are a couple of other teams with multiple candidates on here. So Milwaukee has the first place and the seventh place MVP finisher. The Cubs had two. They had Baez, who got second. And Rizzo, who got 17th. The Dodgers had a couple guys as well. The Dodgers had Justin Turner at 14th. Max Muncy at 15th. I think that's all they had. The Nationals, sneaky good. Maybe we should have seen their World Series coming. Max Scherzer was 10th. Anthony Rendon was 11th. Now neither on the team anymore. Atlanta, sneaky good. I mean, the, the 2018 MVP voting, actually pretty predictive of what happened the next couple of years. Freddie Freeman ended up at 4th. And Ronald Acuna at 12th. Interestingly enough, the Rockies had Arenado and Trevor Story, and they said, uh, no, thank you. We'll give away Arenado. In fact, we'll pay some of his salary. <laughs> what the hell? We'll give him to the Cardinals, because why not? We love giving. It would be like it would be like the NBA just giving a player to the Lakers. Although the Grizzlies did do that. They gave him Pau Gasol. I'm still kind of in disbelief that that happened. It's like, yeah, we'll just give away Pau Gasol for scraps. Mark Gasol, who was really overweight at the time, right? No one would ever do that. No one ever is helping out the Lakers. Imagine helping out the Cardinals. Oh, you want the best third baseman in the game right now, defensively and offensively? Perennial MVP guy? Yeah, take Nolan Arnauto. Oh, you don't want to pay his contract? It's okay. We got it. We'll, we'll foot the bill. What? Okay. 2018 NL MVP voting. Actually pretty predictive of what happened. Now, he dropped off in 2019. He wasn't a top 20 MVP voting guy, but still really, really good. Actually, as Monty Rondall snuck on there at 15th. So the Brewers still had multiple MVP candidates. Yelich got second behind Bellinger that year. So they had a couple guys up there. I don't know that we fully understand how good Lorenzo Cain was in 2018, 2019. I just don't think we get it. Jared and DeForest. Cain's big brain base running always made it fun to watch. I love when he stole first base after the other runner. Braun or Yelich, I think, got uh, safe back to second. It was Yelich. He played for the fun of it, uh, much like he did growing up. It's fun to watch players like that. That's another thing. Go back and watch Lorenzo Cain highlights from 2018-2019. There's lots of videos. I was watching them today. Just had a certain spirit about him. I think that rubs off too, right? To have that energy and to have that juice. All the players around him loved him. Are you kidding me? I miss him already. He's been gone for three days. I really, really miss him.
608-796-2558. Give me a call or give me a text. We can talk more about this when we come back. I'm just combing through spreadsheets right now, looking at stats. 2018 ML MVP voting. It's nuts how this shook out. Matt Carpenter got ninth in 2018. Really predictive. Really, really predictive. Jesus Aguilar was up there in NL MVP voting that year as well. Man, that's just bizarre. Got what? One vote. Somewhere up there with Rizzo and Marcakis, Eugenio Suarez. Man, the Reds were good. Whatever happened to the Reds? They made the playoffs once in a year where everyone made the playoffs, and then they just decided to trade everyone. I hate baseball sometimes. These owners don't value their players, don't value competing. It's lame. Let's talk more Lorenzo Cain. We'll come back three minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get a taste of the original T. Joe's Pizza. Carry out or delivery. T. Joe's Pizza in La Crosse. Are you a certified pizza lover? When pizza's done right, it really is a slice of heaven. At T. Joe's Pizza, they do it right every time. Get a taste of T. Joe's special. Cheese, home and locker sausage, pepperoni, ham, fresh mushrooms, tomatoes, with homemade sauce on a crisp crust made from fresh dough. Enjoy your slice of heaven with a pie from T. Joe's. Carry out or delivery. It's always hot and fresh. Become a certified pizza lover with T. Joe's Pizza in La Crosse. Because seven days without pizza makes one week. Could there be a better name? Auto Value Part Stores. They aren't just about air fresheners or fuzzy dice. Auto Value Part Stores are all about parts, auto parts, and advice. Pros who know auto parts with tons of tips when you need them the most. You want real value? Don't go to a place with a cute name. Go to Auto Value. Could there be a better name? I didn't think so. Your Auto Value Parts Store. We've got the parts. We've got the smarts. The new WKTY Cares campaign, sponsored by the Kratt Lumber Company of La Crosse and Reinhardt Food Service, is the new way WKTY gives back to our community. Focusing on area programs that support our local kids, athletics, and those in need, WKTY Cares is aiming to make lives better in the Cooley region, with targeted donations to local programs whose primary goal is also helping those in need. In June, the WKTY Cares campaign is proud to award American Legion Baseball as our June donation recipient, thanks to the Kratt Lumber Company of La Crosse and Reinhardt Food Service. What's more American than good food, great entertainment, activities for people of all ages, and the best fireworks display in the area? It's time to celebrate on Alaska June 25th in Onalaska's Van Ripper Park and Onalaska's Omni Center. What makes it even better than that? It's free. They'll have the family fun zone with inflatables for the kids, a cornhole tournament, market in the park, and music from Big Mouth and the Power Tool Horns. Finally, the Lacrosse Skyrockers will light up the sky with a fireworks display to delight children of all ages. Bring the whole family to celebrate on Alaska on June 25th. Hi, I'm Jim from SignPro. My name is Ben Heyer. I own Heyer Heating and Air Conditioning. When Ben was starting his business, he had a lot of things to prioritize. Getting stuff set up with the state, getting insurance, trying to do all the book work. Just really the biggest thing is getting my name out there. And I looked online. I wasn't really impressed with how it turned out, so I went to SignPro. And we fixed his logo and came up with some truck lettering that he liked. They did a wonderful job. I mean, I was really impressed with their work and their uh, attitude towards it. When you work with SignPro, you have a logo and images that you can put anywhere. Yep. I was actually in there when uh, he went to go show me the truck. I noticed they were making some t-shirts for somebody else. And I said, well, I better get some too. (laughs) And you can't do that when you go online. You know, I didn't have any relationship with them before. And they treated me like I was doing business with them for 10 years. I'll be taking all my business there from now on. so. So take it from me and walk in the door of a local business. Go to a pro, sign pro. 
Where are the fish biting? Find out with me, Kevin Millard, host of WKTY Outdoors, Saturday mornings at 8 on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you hanging out. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Big news being reported. I don't know who originally had this. Oh, John Denton, MLB.com beat reporter covering the Cardinals. Just tweeted a couple minutes ago. Paul Goldschmidt is dealing with lower back tightness. Ah, Classic brawny injury. The team is hopeful that a day off will help and allow him to play again on Wednesday, to which I tweeted, Howard, dodging Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Paul Goldschmidt, Never intimidate me again. No man that dodges Chi-Chi Gonzalez can lead my team. (laughs) I really hope that we somehow find a way to keep Chi-Chi Gonzalez in just in the pantheon. I just hope this is a name that comes back up, even if this is the only time he ever plays for the Brewers. I just want this to be years down the road, and we need a player to be a punchline. Oh, Chi-Chi Gonzalez, remember him? I was on with Ebo this morning on the zone over the line. Play it safe? I don't think so. Or whatever his interest is, something like that. Um, and I, I was on with him at 7.40, and I asked him, because I... Have you run to Chi-Chi's? Chi-Chi's still isn't a thing, right? Chi-Chi's Mexican restaurant. I've been told that they had warm tortillas. I've never felt so bummed to have missed a restaurant that I never once... Like, it wasn't around. Um, and the only reason that I knew about Chi-Chi's, and it was in my kind of like zeitgeist is because at one point growing up, we had a box of matches in the knife drawer, which is where you should keep your matches. By the way, you limit all of your dangerous items to one drawer. So if you need fire or you need to cut something, it's in the one drawer should be in the Island. Right. And well, growing up, you would open the drawer and there was this matchbook of boxes from Chi Chi's. And I think at one point there was an identical matchbook on the garage bench outside the workbench. And I never used them. I just always saw them. Yeah, that's where I would, when I was in middle school, I would go out to smoke my cigarettes in the garage, which is why I knew I could get, <laughs> get matches out there. I would always see Chi-Chi's matchbooks around our house, which begs the question, where was the Chi-Chi's and why were my parents always getting matches from there? Did they give them away? Like if you, it, it, was there a bowl on the, on the reception desk? Instead of grabbing a mint when you went to Chi-Chi's, they would give you matches. Like, hey, anytime you need to light something on fire, you think of us, all right? You come back now, you hear? I, I want I want to know more about this establishment, Chi-Chi's. All right, you know what? I'm going to Google it. Fine. Chi-Chi's Mexican Restaurant. Are they still open? Mexican food chain. I'm just going to open the Wikipedia. What the hell? Uh, yep, there's the logo. I recognize that. Which can uh, chain founded in the United States in 1975, which continued in Europe as a Tex-Mex restaurant under different ownership after the North American owner declared bankruptcy and folded in 2004. I was only six years old. No wonder my parents didn't tell me about this. You can't tell a six-year-old that. How are you supposed to explain to a six-year-old that a restaurant like Chi-Chi's went out of business? I've heard stories of the warm tortillas that they had. I Again, I've never been so bummed about never being at a restaurant that was literally only around until I was six years old. Damn it. Dave is in Monona, 608-796-2558. Dave, what's going on? No, they had a cheese out here in Madison. It was the cat's meow, man. The oh. warm tortillas. They had the best damn Mexican buffet. 
Oh, my God. Wait, they had a buffet? Oh, my God. Spanish rice. You, have a, you can make your own um, your own uh, nachos, your own tortillas. Um, what do you call that one? Oh, my God. Fajitas. I, I can't, fajitas. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make your own fajitas and the tortillas and the, yeah, the matchbooks. My mom and dad used to hock them, too, but. <laughs> oh yeah, they went here down here in Madison, and you know Max McGee, the ex football player. Remember Max McGee played for the Packers? Yep, yep. He did radio for a while. Yep, he was the. I think he was the original guy who developed and bought into Chi-Chi's up Minneapolis. So he was the original one who developed Chi-Chi's up Minneapolis. Wait, so did they just give away matchbooks? I, I did they just give them away? Yeah, well, no. I mean, I mean, back then, you know, we grew up. I mean, everybody, you know, <laughs> smoking was common. So you would just you just walk up and. Everywhere at the front desk, instead of a mince, they have you know, little, little packets of um, that, that was that was people's easy way of advertising for free uh. because so many people smoke. So you know, look at you, your mom and dad had them in your house, and you you plugged one out of the garage, and it was a cheap way of, of advertising and giving something back to some for free. But oh yeah, man, there is no other Mexican place in the world that matched. What a buffet! Oh, okay, okay. Can you start talking about it. I'm letting my pants. Yeah, yeah. So did. So, okay, here's, I, I have two questions. The first question, yeah, I don't get it because every Mexican restaurant for the most part that I go to, and I'm not going to like expensive ones, they're the same, right? You have the, you have your fajitas, you have your burritos, you have your chimichangas, you get the chips with the white sauce and the salsa. It makes sense. Everything's the same. And yet this Chi-Chi's yep. place that I never got to go to, it seems like this was unique. Well, why is Chi-Chi's the only unique Mexican restaurant that's ever been invented and, and existed? Because they had a buffet, and they had, and their buffet, the individual individual meats had a, a great seasoning. The rice was some seasoned Spanish rice, and you could actually make all that yourself in the buffet instead of having people in the back of the kitchen. So you could go to the buffet and do whatever you wanted, and it was so good. You know, almost all your all your restaurants now are people in the back of the kitchen, and and they kind of put something back half ass. But uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's unfortunate you miss our uh, the old Ponderosas. Oh. Somebody talking about the Ponderosa buffets too. Oh damn it! Okay, I, I, don't um, think, I don't think Lacrosse had. I don't think Lacrosse had a Chi-Chi. I was there in '79 through '83. If they did, I sure the hell missed it. Why did it go bankrupt? If everybody loved this place so much, what happened? You know, um, I know the one in Madison. They had a food uh, um, food poisoning scare, and one of the ones, and it kind of like Chipotle. You we were at Chipotle, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Chipotle, Chipotle, yeah. Chipotle closed a lot of the restaurants all across the country because of a food scare, a poisoning. I think, don't quote me, I think they had a um, a national food poisoning, and it just wiped them out slowly but surely. To Hep- where hepatitis, I'm reading it, about it right now. Hepatitis A was traced back to green onions at Chi-Chi's in Beaver Valley Mall near Monica, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's yeah. not funny. And but- that kind of trampled up. Uh, oh, yeah, you're, I'm sure your mom did some great, it was cheap. And it wasn't that expensive. And, oh, yeah. That's the best part uh, about Mexican man. food. You get so much food, I it's know. really not that expensive. Oh. I mean, your generation, you got to go up there with Taco Bells and, you know, Taco John's and things like that. I mean, I remember Lacrosse Third Street. They called Big Al's. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday night, three tacos for a buck, baby. See, Big, Al, Big Al's is pizza now. Big Al's used to do tacos? Yep. Back then, we do Taco Tuesday, three for a buck. You know, Dave, you always call and, and you make fun of my generation. But the more I learn about the past, the more I wish I was alive in the past. I watch Mad Men and I get smoking's bad for you. But how awesome was it that you could just sit in an office building and at any point you could just light up a heater because you were stressed? Yeah, yeah yes. Back then, smoking was just a, 
you know, just a, you know, nobody really smoked dope. It was, it was just smoking cigarettes, and <sighs> I mean, you, you light one. Yeah, it was pretty common back then. Just you're right. Or look in the dugout. Yeah. Look at, you know, Ted Simmons. Ted Simmons for the Brewers. But oh yeah, you just light up and uh, hell yeah, Big Al's and all the, all the good old time places. Nowadays, last 25 years, you got to be prim and proper and a fancy napkins. <laughs> I'm going to a place tomorrow where they actually got napkins, little cloth ones, and mm-hmm. I hate it already. <laughs> David, I'm I hate it already. David, I got to go. It's almost five, but thank you for calling. Later, in. buddy. Yeah, thank you for calling in and educating me. Yeah, you just, back in the day, you could be in your office building and you'd grab your pack of Lucky Strikes out of your desk and you'd light up with your book of Chi-Chi's matches. I'm glad I'm not the only one with this experience. They were everywhere in my house. Never once were they explained to me, but it stuck with me literally. I'm 24. Chi-Chi's went out of business in 2004, bankrupt. I bet the ones in our hometowns probably died a little bit before then. I still remember the matches. The warm tortillas, the buffets. Why this place go out of business? It sounds like a dream. I'm going to start crying. I'm a little hungry, too. I think that makes a difference. Hey, Sully, I see on hold. I'm going to get to you right after this break. We're going to take a break for a Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio update with our good buddy, Zach. And then we'll come back, talk more brewers and uh, chi-chis. Why not? And again, the tying run comes to the plate. So two outs, runner at first, and Dylan Carlson. 22 on Carlson. Locked him up with a curveball. Ten strikeouts for Corbin Burns. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. In 2001, Chi Chi's applied for a trademark on the word salsification, but was denied by the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. The company's slogans were a celebration of food. And later, life always needs a little salsa. Damn it. We've I missed this. In November 2003, a month after filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Chi Chi's was hit with the largest hepatitis A outbreak in U.S. history. I'm not laughing. With at least four deaths and 660 other victims of illness in the Pittsburgh area, including high school students who caught the disease from the original victims. The hepatitis was traced back to green onions at the Chi-Chi's in the Beaver Valley Mall near Monica, Pennsylvania, about 30 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. Settled the lawsuits by 2004, and at the time when the suits were settled, Chi-Chi's only had 65 restaurants, fewer than half of the number four years prior. I guess there was a Chi-Chi's across the main dragon on Alaska by the McDonald's. David Monona is reporting that there was one in Madison. There had to be one near Menominee or Eau Claire because we had the matchbooks in our house. And I don't remember going to eat there. I guess the last one was closed in 2004 uh, to the time I was six years old. A tragedy, a Shakespearean tragedy, much like the end of Lorenzo Cain's career. It makes me sad. The demise of Chi-Chi's, a a once beloved Mexican restaurant with great deep fried ice cream and the tortillas. Nobody will shut up about the warm tortillas. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Of course, I brought this up because Chi-Chi Gonzalez is starting for the Brewers tonight. Um, And I'm just amped. I'm psyched. I hope he goes seven scoreless because I'm going to start fighting with random Cardinals fans on Twitter. The ones who have Twitter, most of them probably don't know how to use the internet because they're old as dirt. 608-796-2558, talking Brewers Cardinals, the legacy of Lorenzo Cain. It, what is your favorite Chi-Chi's memory? We're covering it all. Sully is in Menominee. What's up, Sully? Hey, buddy. How's it going today? Uh, I'm hungry uh, now. Yeah. I'm very hungry. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm so, kind of bummed out. 
about Chi-Chi's. Yeah. yeah, are you going to eat before the movies then? Or yeah, well, thank you, you for asking. Thank you for asking. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, the, movie, <laughs> the movie is at 8.10, so I do have time. I have a lot of leftovers at home, so I'm just going to go home and, and go down. I actually... I have plenty of chips and salsa. I'm a big chips and salsa guy, which I think is why this topic same. is hitting so close to home. So same here. And so I, I missed it, but I know Chi Chi salsa you can get still. Is that different than the restaurant? Let me see. Uh, gee, I, you're right, but is it the got same? Some really good salsa. Let me see here. What kind of salsa do you normally get? I normally get the de- the deli salsa. Yeah, it's the same logo. It looks like the same logo. I know what you're talking it about. Is, yeah. So Chi Chi is solid. It's solid. Um, I do like the deli because I like it, um, like more of like the like that bit of like a puree a little bit, like the restaurant mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. lots of yeah. cilantro. You don't get cilantro in like most of the commercial canned stuff. No, you know? not in so, the, not in the jar. You're right. You're right. So okay, so uh, real quick, couple quick comments, then yeah. uh, I'll leave you with some low cane stuff. So I didn't call in yesterday because just like you had mentioned, hey, if you don't have good reception, don't call in. <laughs> um, if you don't have your A game, if your energy level is low, I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I was just exhausted from the weekend. I was like, man, I got so much to say. I appreciate it. But I just don't have it in me today, you know? So first of all, iced coffee, I'm a huge iced coffee fan. Let me just quick say that. Okay. Iced coffee is great. Okay. Um, much easier to drink on the go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's, um, well, that's another thing I don't yeah. – I think I – I think I tr- tend towards the hot coffee because I want it to last me an hour or two when I get into work, and I just yeah. suck iced coffee down so quickly. Yeah, right. No, I get that. Uh, cigars, are you doing that tonight? Is that the cigar thing, Bill Michaels? No. Uh, well, You don't it, get to do that. No, you do because you're in the movies. Well, so. yeah. Well, it starts in, in 20 minutes. I suppose I could go, yeah. and I, don't, I do not in any way take this as a shot at our friend Bill Michaels. I was hoping that maybe at one point maybe someone would offer me tickets. I didn't um, Yeah. Yeah, but so, no, what, so you're a cigar guy. Well, I mean, if it comes to the free dinner, I, the big ones are a lot. I like the dollar ones because yeah. they're cheap and they're they don't last as long. Yeah. So cigars are one of those things that I want to like. I like the idea mm-hmm. of being a guy that smokes cigars, and mm-hmm. I get one, and it's like three drags, and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, it's not it's not for me. I get a headache, but also, you know, maybe if Bill Michaels, my my coworker and my, my mentor, really our, our leader on our network, maybe if you would take the time to sit down and show me how to smoke a cigar maybe i would get into him but again i, I feel a little bit left out on the rain here i, I <laughs> really hope he's not, not listening although i think it's already started yeah right. and he wouldn't listen to me anyways, yeah. um i know you're menominee uh over the weekend i was out at jake's on sunday listening to some cutaways oh the cutaways. father's day out there for a wee bit the cutaways are great love the cutaways <sighs> yeah is bob so boone is bob boone not to get really niche really quickly his bob is he still growing out the hair is he still have the flow um, I honestly don't know which one Bob would be. I know Marv. You, you know Marvin? Yeah. He's a yep. favorite oh, yeah. of mine. Oh, yeah, everyone so, knows Marv. Um, I don't, I, they're not really my go-to style of music. You know, the deep cuts and their style. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> it is that they play. It's not my go-to, but I, I like to support people I know, you know? so Fair. Local music's the best, too. Always be down for local music. Um, um, and then you're talking about bird watching. Uh, you know birds aren't real, right? So, Evo brought this? this up this morning. Conspiracy theory. I, I, w- I would be fine with birds not being real, but I do appreciate if if our government made birds, I'm glad they made them pretty. I'm glad they put in time and actually made them different and cool, and they just didn't do one generic type of bird. Right, yeah. And, and, you, know, and you know that they charge their batteries on power lines. That's why they're always sitting on power lines. Would make sense. I, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. I can drive myself not nuts either. over, like, normal topics like Chi-Chi's and what happened to Chi-Chi's. I don't need to go right, to right, right. lizard people. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so more important thing, sports. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, I keep trying to 
find some analogy because we always like to make, you know, sport swap analogies. Yeah. And I'm trying to do it with the Packer. I can't do it. Like, I want to. Mike, are you getting kidnapped? What just happened? Yellow. Hello, Sully. You there? Aging. But as far as a move where everyone said, oh, man, that, you, you know, you overpaid for his production, right? Yeah. But the impact that he made was kind of subtle, and it wasn't great. It wasn't eye-popping, but maybe it was a little bit more impactful than we thought. That's the best I could come up with, and I know it's not very good. Can you – okay, so, but overall, did you just get into your car or something? Because we lost you for like 10 seconds, so I'm pretty sure the bit, like the oh. climax of your point we missed it. Who are you comparing him to? Oh, um, Preston Smith on the Packers. Oh, interesting. Meaning not career resume tech stuff, but more so just the idea of, like, they were going all in. People felt like maybe you were overpaying for production, um, but it worked. And I think it was better than maybe we thought it was in the time. In that first year with Preston Smith and last year, kind of the same thing. Sure. Um, But overall, I think Brewer fans love Lokane. I think he's properly rated there, but I think nationally – as a whole, maybe he, that's where he doesn't get the love that he deserves. Is it because he's played for so. the Royals and the Brewers his whole career? That's got to play into it, right? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Not and, to be you the know, small market. Prime was actually, yeah, right. Well, and he's kind of one of those guys who like does it right, right, quote unquote, like Please steals bases, right grinds it out, and you know what I mean. Like, so he's he's almost like in the wrong era to get appreciated, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you like mean. twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Would he, would, he, would, would he have been more beloved? Interesting. Well, I think you. Re- oh, I'm not going to no. go there. I was going to. I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to go there. Never mind. He. He. Yes. <laughs> probably. I was going to say. Well, if you go back far enough, no, he probably wouldn't have been appreciated more. Um. But uh. <laughs> oh God. Well. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. We're talking about like Robin Yount Brewers. Yeah. Are, that's like the cutoff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we go back much further, no, I don't think so. I. The way <laughs> I was watching sure. today and and the highlights, especially the defensive highlights. I thought of Shaq because it was so physically explosive and spastic and not violent, yeah. but in a way that a baseball outfielder can play in a violent way. Like, yeah, kind of. Um, and I was trying to think yeah. of a, an athlete to compare him to. I think the contract situation for Preston Smith is a really good comp. Now, football is hard because one guy can't have as much impact on a football team as, as a guy can. And, and, and you saw what Kane did in the World Series in 15, but... I think the Preston Smith uh, from a contract standpoint works really well as a comp. Yeah, and and last thing I'll, I'll say there with with Kane is um, old coworker mine used to always point this out. He always is the guy limping around, just <laughs> yeah. walking around pregame in between, like he's eighty years old. But the second that that ball's hit in the air, or he can go from first to third, it's like he's a twenty five year old in just the prime of his career. It's it was always great. It was classic. Shades of Ben Roethlisberger, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, well played. Good comment. Oh, I just made me thought. Hey, Sully, I appreciate the call. We rattled yeah. off a bunch of topics. That was that was excellent. Well done. Shotgun, man. <laughs> Have a good all right. one. Uh, enjoy the movie. Anything over a C tonight? I think we'd all be happy with it, right? Oh, Jurassic yeah. Park? The movie's going to stink. I'm just there for the dinosaurs. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Well, enjoy it, man. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. That is Sully in Menominee. The Cutaways, an excellent local band in the Menominee music scene. Great job. Of course I know Marv. Everyone knows Marv. Yeah, Bob. So Bob plays guitar and mandolin. I know you all asked. He had just the best long hair going a while back. Um, 
And I don't know if he's still growing it out. It's been a while since I've seen him, but it was awesome. Every guy goes through a phase in their life where they grow their hair out. It needs to be done. It doesn't always look good, but if you are a woman in a man's life and he's growing out his hair, let it happen. Embrace it because it needs to be a thing. That's how life works. You just grow out your hair at some point. I think that was my 2020 where I just didn't want to get a cut, so I grew it for like a year. I don't think it's ever going to be longer than that point. Nick is in lacrosse, 608-796-2558. What's up, Nick? Hey, look at that. You added my number. Well, I, I remember. I'm like an elephant. I don't forget with these things. <laughs> Although, um, D- Darren called in yesterday and was like, hey, who called it? Warriors and six. And I'm like, you? I didn't write that down, but maybe when you guys start giving predictions, I got to write it down if I'm going to be ex- expected to remember. <laughs> Like, wow, Darren, you I'm not here spot. for prediction. Okay. I'm here for Chi Chi's nostalgia to start out and then Low Kane nostalgia to end. Perfect. Uh, Chi Chi's in lacrosse. Well, I guess it was in Alaska. Do you remember Carlos O'Kelly's? Yeah. Was across from the mall and Kitty <laughs> Corner to McDonald's? Yeah. That was Chi Chi's in the 90s. They didn't oh. even change anything. When Carlos O'Kelly's bought it out, that used to be Chi Chi's, and now it's an auto zone or something. Now, I was going to say, we did have a Chi Chi's in lacrosse and, and is it, it as good as everyone is saying yeah i mean i was a kid i'm not i'm a little bit older than you you know but uh i remember going there a few times and it was cool i liked it i think it was a uh, a big hangout for uh uh cocaine people back oh, in the oh, mid 90s oh, so oh. it wasn't really my shtick because i was eight but you know <laughs> you you didn't quite you didn't quite have the experience <laughs> to run with that crew is that what you're saying <laughs> no that wasn't my shtick no Uh, And then as far as Low Kane, uh, I remember actually Lorenzo debuting for the Brewers. It might have been 2009 or 10. uh, And just looking at him playing in center field and saying, boy, this guy's going to be a guy. And then he ended up being a part of the trade to get Granke from Kansas City, which was a fun ride with Granke. Uh, But it was just great having him come back. I think in uh, 2018, his first year, if I'm not mistaken, that game 163 against the Cubs, mm-hmm. I think he had the game-winning hit at Wrigley. It wasn't a walk-off. But he had the go-ahead. He, he had the go-ahead to go yeah, 2-1, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Ryan Braun, just for good measure, put him up 3-1. to one. I think it was later in that inning, but he broke the tie. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, just one other specific, for whatever reason, memory I have of him is then the following season, 2019 opening day, I think he made a very late in the game over the wall home run saving catch. That was just awesome because game one always feels so important, even though it's not in the grand scheme of baseball. But if you win game one of the season, it feels so great. And I remember him making a great catch over the wall. That guy played balls to the wall. And I'm not referring to him in the past tense because I don't know. The guy might still try to latch on here, but you know, overall his career, has come to an end, but boy, he was the Phoenix rising from the ashes the way he played. He was great, man, and I, I appreciate all he did in his time with Milwaukee. I'm happy for him. Go be with your kids. I wish he would have, I don't know, I, I think there was a way that he could help this team as a guy who had been there before, been in the World Series before, whether it be pinch runner, spot fielder, pinch hitter. I just I thought that he would get himself to a point this season to provide that and be something of utility for this team. And I guess he just, he wasn't going to get there. So go spend time with your kids, retire, go enjoy it. I'm not going to fault him yeah, for that at all. If, if anything, it was almost him falling on his sword saying, listen, I'm not going to be able to help you guys go put Tyrone Taylor out there as much as possible. He's a dog. And yeah, 
you guys roll from there. But no, I'll always uh, I'll always think fondly of Lorenzo. He was a he was a great fun player to watch, and he he made it fun when you saw a ball line shot into the center field gap and just seeing is he going to be able to make the play. And more times than not, that guy did. Well, if Tyrone Taylor is going to be the new center fielder, I would suggest he watches a lot of Lorenzo Cain film. I think that would be a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, film is one thing. The pure ability is another. But uh, anyways, appreciate you taking the call, Grant. And uh, you stay cool and have a good rest of your week. Yeah, stay cool. It's a hot one out there, Nick. You as well. Thank you for the call. I think that was my favorite quote. At one point, Dave said... You talk about Chi-Chi's, you're going to get me to wet my pants, which was the leader in the clubhouse for the best quote of the show until Nick said, Chi-Chi's was a big hangout for the cocaine guys, so it wasn't really my spot because I was eight. <laughs> like, I'm going to go back. I wrote that down. I'm going to go back and cut that clip at the end of the, <laughs> end of the show. Yeah, it's not my spot. It really wasn't my thing. You know, they were all selling cocaine, and I was eight, so I, I wasn't really in the game yet. Uh, 608-796-2558. Thank you for the call, Nick. That was funny. Let's talk more Brewers Cardinals. Uh, more Chi-Chi Gonzalez, uh, the star of today's show. Talk about him and get ready to receive David Gasper into the show. He will join us at 530. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show david gasper in 10 minutes first uh worth a mention i know everyone was asking in 1987 hormel foods acquired the rights to produce and market chi chi's branded salsa and related products in the united states by 1996 hormel was making 60 million dollars annually from this product line in 2009 hormel formed a 50 50 joint venture with a mexican-based food manufacturer herdez del fuerte called mega hex foods llc to manufacture and distribute Mexican food products in the United States. Okay, so in case there was any question, uh, yes, you can still buy Chi-Chi's salsa. I gotta get the fresh salsa, though. It, I, it needs to be in the refrigerator when I buy it. Otherwise, no, you don't get the fresh cilantro, fresh onions. The jarred salsa just isn't the same. Now, jarred queso, that crap, yes, I will take it all. Dump it down my throat. Uh, but jarred salsa, eh, a little bit of a snob. I'm a little bit of a chips and salsa snob. I, I like to do it up real nice. You get a text here from, oh my God, it's just a, it's just a quote from Always Sunny. Uh, so anytime there's any sort of weather, I have to mention it with callers. So when it's hot, you know, you stay, it's a hot one. You stay cool out there. Thank you to this texter whose name I don't have. Uh, I'm going to read this and I'm going to, I'm going to read it in the voice of Dennis. I'm a big Glenn Howerton fan. Hot, huh? Yeah. It is super hot. It's getting really hot around here. So hot, Wally. But you don't really know what hot is, do you? Hot's a storm. You ever been in a storm, Wally? I mean, a real storm. Not a thunderstorm, but a storm of fists raining down on your head, blasting you in the face, pummeling you in the stomach, hitting you so hard in the chest, you think your heart's going to stop. You ever been in a storm like that, Wally? Never seen that episode? Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs. It's great. Excellent. Wally's little fun side character, their neighbor, for like an episode. You get Mac's world-famous mac and cheese. They end up having to sleep in bed 
with an old man that turns into a black man, an old black man, and they can't decide whether to call him the old man or the black man. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a good episode. Thank you for the text. Send, send me back with your name because that made my day. Thank you. 608-796-2558. David Gasper, again, will be here in a few minutes to talk Brewers. Last night was great. Game one of a four-game series between the Brewers and the Cardinals. They won 2-0. You know, you watch the show or, or uh, you watch the game. You caught up with the game at some point today. Uh, Corbin Burns is excellent. Next time you watch Corbin Burns, think of it this way. This is what I wrote down last night. It looks like I'm watching a man who's doing a yoga pose while pitching. He's so, it's like he's floating. You know what I mean? Like Josh Hader, for example, he starts his forward motion and it's like he almost falls over and there's limbs flying everywhere and he's tumbling and stumbling around and it's very violent and spastic. With Burns, he starts his delivery and his legs move but his torso, his head, his arms mostly stay in the same spot until all of a sudden the ball's in the glove. And you don't really know how that happened, how it got there, when it got there. You just know that it did somehow. <laughs> Where's Josh Hader again? Limbs flying everywhere. It's all. It, but with Corbin Burns, it's so zen. It's like he's floating. It's like he's doing a yoga pose. Watch him with that in mind sometime, and maybe you'll see it differently. Daryl is here. 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Hey, I got a couple of questions off the top of your head. Yeah. Uh, number one, number one, um, wasn't uh, Monday the day they started the thirteen pitcher roster uh, requirement of Major League Baseball? Mm, yesterday is it Monday? Yeah, I believe so. I believe the twentieth was the day that they were supposed to start that. Is that true? Uh yes, yes. I'm going to look that up while you continue talking. But yes, I think so. That sounds right. Okay. Okay, because the other question I had is, uh, don't they have another pitcher that they just uh, uh, picked up from the Twins that's supposed to start tonight? Chi-Chi Gonzalez. We've been talking about him for an hour and a half. You bet. That's the man. Let me see here. 20. Okay. And does that, I'm just I'm just wonder, I'm just wondering because they I wonder I didn't get to see what any roster move was to make for him to be on the on the team, and so I was kind of concerned that. Uh, uh, the Brewers have been, it's been stated, have been carrying 14 pitchers most of the, most of the time up to this point. Question is, I know Ashby, Ashby had to go on the injury, injury list yesterday for, to bring back, um, Hader, but what other roster move would they make for, for Chi Chi? Well, Chi Chi was on the roster, like, before this weekend, wasn't he? He's been around. I don't think he was brought up, like, within the last couple of days. And yes, I'm seeing it now. Limit of 13 pitchers on active rosters starting June 20th. So you're right. I don't know. You'd probably have to go back into the last week or so. Did anyone go on the IL? Well, they designated Kane for assignment, right? That's one roster spot. So there's one. But Chi-Chi, I think, has been on the roster. I'm going to pull up the transaction wire, but I, Chi-Chi's been here for yeah. maybe not a full week or, or so, something like that. Yeah, because I know they, they claimed them off the Twins, didn't they? Yeah, I was talking to a coworker today who's a Twins fan, and he's like, wait, you have that guy? I'm like, yeah, I still don't believe he's real. Until I see him on my TV tonight, I still kind of think it's just a fake guy. I think we're being trolled. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, if I'd been able to watch any of the Twins games on uh, uh, Bali Sports North, uh, uh, instead uh, we have a Wisconsin sports, so I've been trying to get a hold of a friend of mine and see if he has any information on uh, what kind of pitcher this guy was. So... Well, why, why they had to make the move. I don't know that he was a great one for the... Tw okay, so they called up or they reassigned him to the minors. When did they bring him back up? Interesting. Okay, so they claimed him on the 14th. 
They okay. activated him on the 15th. That's when they placed Josh Hader on the paternity list. They also sent down mm-hmm. Yandel Gustave. So there was a name that went down. And then designating for Lorenzo Kane for assignment on Saturday opened up room to bring back Hader. They sent down Ashby. Okay, so I'm I'm seeing. I wasn't even paying attention to this. It's a good point. I forgot that the requirement went into effect yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get, get you know, I wasn't able to pull up a roster as far as uh, uh, what the Brewers had as far as it goes and stuff like that. I mean, like I said, they've been holding 14 pitchers for most of the time. And the other thing I wanted to throw my two cents in, Major League Baseball, I think, is making a mistake here by requiring only 13 pitchers on a roster. Now, the Brewers have a perfect example where they're trying to use six pitchers as far as starters. Mm-hmm. That's, going to only, that's only going to leave them seven relievers. The other thing that it doesn't take into account, and I remind you this, is extra inning games. You want that 14th pitcher up there for a reason, and that 14th pitcher is if, you've got, if you're going into extra innings because you could tax your bullpen in a hurry. If if you go if you go any other way than that, yeah. now if they're still pl- thinking that the that uh, teams are going to go with five starters, that's one thing. But the Brewers Brewers have calculated that they need a six go six starters deep. And the other thing that bothers me about this is then eventually they got to figure out if they have to force that route, who's going to be the guy that goes long relief? Hmm. Maybe when Brandon Woodruff comes back, we were talking about this on the Bill Michaels show yesterday. Do they? bring him along slowly and use him in middle relief. And then maybe Aaron Ashby becomes when Brandon Woodruff becomes a starter again, maybe Ashby moves down or Hauser. I mean, I don't know. They have a lot. They have a lot of arms. I know. That's the thing. And remember, I was surprised when they, uh, um, they brought in Chi Chi as far as it goes. I mean, uh, they must not have had as much faith in Ethan small as, um, um, they initially been saying all, you know, all up, up till about June 1st. So, that's what I, I, I'm wondering about that, too. I wonder, so, I wonder what Ethan Small's role looks like at some point this year. And I appreciate the call there. And thank you for bringing that up because I don't pay attention to transactions probably as much as I should. I'm just not really on the ball with that stuff. But I do remember, yes, the requirement was changing. Um, I wonder if Ethan Small is going to play any sort of role at, at any point in this season. I mean, they have Hauser, Lauer, Woodruff, Peralta, Burns, uh, Ashby, that's six guys. So who would then, if they go to a five-man rotation towards the end of the year, they could move one of those guys into middle relief. Hopefully Brent Suter gets it together. That would make a difference. Before we take a break and get to David Gasper, I proofread the script to this episode. I don't think there's a swear word. If it is, I have a button that can fix that, but let's just hope. Oh, hold on. The tab is muted, Grant, if you just want to. There I you go. I have seen you for a bit. Well, you've probably been staying inside to avoid this uh, heat wave, huh? Boy, it's been hot. It's hot, huh? Yeah. It is super hot. Yeah. It's getting real hot around here. So hot, Wally. But you don't really know what hot is, do you? Hot's a storm. You ever been in a storm, Wally? I mean, a real storm? Not a thunderstorm, but a storm of fists raining down on your head, blasting you in the face, pummeling you in the stomach, hitting you in the chest so hard you think your heart's going to stop. You ever been in a storm like that, Wally? This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Brewers' most intriguing series of the year, I think. These four games against the Cardinals last night was awesome. We could see Chi-Chi Gonzalez tonight, which maybe I haven't done my job. Maybe I've done a poor job. We've just talked about the Mexican restaurant. I still don't know anything about this pitcher. <laughs> maybe I've missed an opportunity. David Gasper is here reviewing the brew. Uh, Gasper, am I a bad radio host if I didn't do a deep dive into Chi-Chi Gonzalez today? Did I, did I let my listeners down? Yeah, I mean, there's really kind of not much to to dive into with Chichi Gonzalez. I mean, he's he's bounced around the league, never really had you know a, a great deal of uh, success in his career. Career, you know, ERA over five and a half. Uh, only one season with more than 100 innings, and that was last year in Colorado, uh, where he had an ERA over six. Wow! And this year, two stars. Hit, hitter, hitter's ballpark. Third. Hitter's ballpark. Cut him some slack. Yeah, but <laughs> still, I mean, it's uh, even when he was a uh, when he was in Texas. I mean, he had a solid-ish rookie season in 2015, 67 innings and a 3.9 ERA in 14 games. All but right. that right. was 2015, and that was that was a long time ago. That was uh, that was a very long time ago. Uh, I want to talk to you about your guy Corbin Burns um, because he's been great now for a while. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, you predicted his Cy Young award two years before it happened? I mean, you called it. I mean, it was yeah, a snipe. Yeah, before the 2019 season, before he just completely uh, had a horrible season. And you never wavered. Uh, you never wavered. Never, never. I, I always knew he could do it. So I, knew he had it there. I, I didn't really know what to say about Corbin Burns to start the show tonight because I'm like, what haven't we said? I will say. I do really like this trend we're getting of him dominating the Cardinals. I, If we could keep yes. that a thing for a long time, I just, that would just be a privilege. So that's kind of what I said, among other things about last night's game. If you have a so-so game against the Phillies or the Mets, you know, I'll live with it. If you dominate the Cardinals every, like, I want Cardinals fans to dread seeing him even more than everyone else already dreads seeing him. I, I want that. I crave that. Yeah, like uh, Christian Yelich versus the Reds, or mm-hmm. uh, Eric Thames versus the Reds, or <laughs> the anyone uh, versus the Reds, Jesse anyone versus, versus the Reds, Reds, or Ryan Braun versus the Reds, or, or Ryan Braun versus the Pirates, or the Cubs. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have some of those guys do it against the the Cardinals as well. Now, yeah, any any one even. I am trying to think of a player who like. Can you think of a brewer that's been really good against the Cardinals? Like, I remember Bill Hall having a couple of nice moments against the Cardinals way back in the day. Ryan Braun always tended to have some of those good moments against them, against the Cubs and Cardinals. But he really kind of had those moments against everybody because he was Ryan Braun. Because he's the GOAT, and we don't appreciate him enough. Now, I don't think we're appreciating 2018 and 2019 of Lorenzo Cain enough. But before we get to that, just a little tease, uh, I have a Corbin Burns thing I want to share with you. I'm not a pitching coach. I never played baseball. You're deeper into it than I a point that I made, and I'm actually going to stand up because we're on a video chat. And I want to illustrate what I'm talking about. Something I noticed nope. last night, and I wrote this down, is when Corbin Burns pitches, he's so, he's like a hurdler. And if you watch a good hurdler, like their head doesn't move, like so in line and balanced. It's like mm-hmm. he is doing a yoga pose when he pitches because he'll start his, his, his windup and his whole body will stay so balanced. It's like a yoga pose or like a goose balancing on one leg. And it's so smooth, and it's so it's like he's not even moving. He's not laboring, and then all of a sudden, the ball is in the glove. And last night, I'm just, I'm amazed watching him. It, it's so slow and smooth compared to another great pitcher like Hayter that's so spastic and violent. I was just, maybe I haven't been paying attention to this, or maybe I was just in a mood last night where I was noticing, but just the way he delivered the ball and the way he can just place that cutter on the outside corner, it's just such an aesthetically pleasing thing to watch. 
And I don't know if I've ever really brought that up before. It's just so pretty. Yeah, it really is. And that's something that he's really kind of worked on. I mean, if you look at what he is now versus what he was uh, prior to his dominant self, I mean, th- this was one of the changes that he made going from 2019 uh, into 2020. I mean, he completely abandoned the windup. He's out of the stretch yeah. the entire time. Um, and it's just simplifying the mechanics. And, yeah, just, you know, just kind of up, down, and go. And an effortless deliver- delivery, uh, a repeatable delivery. And that's what can help make you so successful as a starter. And that's why that's why some guys aren't able to succeed as a starter. There's there's too much effort in their delivery. Uh, there, there's too much kind of wildness. And, and when you mm-hmm. have that kind of variability and you can't repeat your delivery, you end up being more wild and you don't have enough control over, over where the pitch is going. And Burns, as we know, does have great control. So that's something that, that's been important for him. And yeah, like keeping your head steady, that's something that they teach you as a pitcher, you know, growing up, you don't want your head moving and rocking, you know, all over the place because then your eyesight, where you're looking and trying to throw, mm. that spot keeps on changing. You know, you're trying to go outside corner, then flips to inside or, or, you know, something on the plate, then it's then it becomes a ball because you move your head, you pull your body aside. So, yeah, it, it's been all about just kind of keeping that body just in rhythm uh, and into a smooth, repeatable, easy delivery. And that's been, you know, at, at the baseline of, of his success you know along with his his mental routine and really just kind of the way he goes about attacking the game mentally so my favorite moment from last night's game and it's another testament to what makes corbin burns so great right the tying run is at the plate in dylan carlson in the top of the seven and i i wasn't expecting carlson to hit a bomb but it would have been a cardinals thing where at the very tail end of this amazing start the last at bat you know carlson guesses right and hits a pitch yeah and I don't remember if it was a full count or whatever. It was obviously a two-strike pitch. Maybe it was 2-2. And Corbin Burns throws the last pitch anyone was expecting and just freezes him with a curveball. And I know they mentioned it on the broadcast. And I'm like, that's why you want to be able to throw all the pitches is because when you need one more pitch and it feels like maybe you're about to get caught, you have that one extra bullet to go to. And I just sat back and I'm like, man, that was just a treat to watch. And it was that pitch at the end that really, I think, kind of tied it all together. It was really cool. Yeah, well, when you got five, six pitches that, that you can go to, it makes it so much more difficult for hitters to try and guess what's coming. Um, he was surprised. And, and just he just stood there. Off balance and, and all the pitches are nasty, too. Like, like it's not like, oh, it's just a, a get-me-over curveball that, you know, even if he was guessing or even if he was looking for something else, you know, a curveball that, that would just, like, hang up there and he could really do some damage to. No, it's a nasty curveball that, yeah. that he still wouldn't be able to hit even if he knew it was coming for the most part. So... Yeah, it, it's just an incredible arsenal that, that he has, and he mixes it so well, keeps hitters off balance, and it's just such a beautiful thing to watch. Not a Randy Wolf 59-mile-per-hour get-you-over-curveball, which, by the way, I considered yeah. Randy Wolf for my random brewer today. I looked at a roster that had Randy Wolf, and I'm like, ah, that's a funny guy. I remember him, but was not uh, ultimately my selection. We'll get to that in a few minutes. David Gasper's here reviewing the brew. You dropped the piece uh, was it Saturday or Sunday about Lorenzo Cain's five best moments with the Brewers? Was that a hard list to compile or did that kind of sort itself out rather easily? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit difficult to kind of narrow some of it down, you know, just because there are so many other good moments that I really wanted to include yeah. uh, in there. Okay, because he had so many, so many home run robberies, you know, so many really kind of big things. But, you know, I think the top five really did kind of stick out uh, for the most part. Um, and you know, it, there's so many plays and so many moments over the years that he's been here that, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, maybe have forgotten about, or just kind of haven't really appreciated, 
um, in a while and, and really just kind of what Lorenzo King brought. I know offensively things were, you know, really bad this season and it, it's just kind of been, been tough to watch, but you know, really what, what he brought to the team, not only on the field, you know, defensively, um, on the base paths, you know, with the bats, uh, yeah. but in the clubhouse, you know, what he brought, uh, was very special to this team. And he was a very important leader in that clubhouse. So, Yesterday, as I was, I led the show yesterday with the Lorenzo Kane news, which I guess we did a little U.S. Open, a little hockey, but I, I started with the Lorenzo Kane news because sweeping the Reds again, they should have swept the Reds. So I'm talking yeah. about Lorenzo Kane, and and one half of me, especially going back and reading all of these things and rewatching these highlights, I I love Lorenzo Kane. How can you not love Lorenzo Kane? But as we talked about last week, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, on the other hand, there was also part of me that that wanted Lorenzo Kane to want to give it one last ride. And I guess I just didn't want to accept that he was out of answers. I didn't want to accept that Lorenzo Cain accepted that he was done. Like I, I wanted Lorenzo Cain to help this team in one way. Cause I, I think the brewers need him. They could have used him in some way. Um, I guess I'm not sure what I'm asking you. I'm trying to, to find peace with how I feel about Lorenzo Cain. Um, and ultimately dude, go be with your family. Like you reach 10 years of service time. It's an awesome accomplishment, but I'm a little bummed that, he won't be in that dugout if, for nothing else, a little leadership. And it's a bummer because I thought with all his experience, you know, even starting the year poorly offensively, I thought maybe get to a point this year where you would be an intriguing option as a pinch hitter, and it just it never happened. Yeah, it's been a, a tough go for him certainly this year. And when you, when you started to see the articles come out and the quotes from him where it's just like, yeah. you know, he's completely lost at the plate. He's got no idea what he's doing. He's tried everything. You know, he like he's he's been in the big leagues for ten years, as we were saying. Like he knows a, a lot of things. He knows a lot of tricks about how to. You know, he's been in slumps. He can get himself out of slumps, and everything that he tries to get himself out of a slump, it just wasn't working. He just wasn't really able to find it anymore. Um, and it's it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's tough to go through as a hitter, not being able to have answers up there. And you know, yeah, he wanted to be a part of that as well and have it going a little bit longer, but. You know, I think he recognized, you know, as he was going through this and wasn't able to get himself out of it, that's like, that, like this is the end. I mean, it's it's coming to an end here, and there's just kind of no way out of it. Yeah, and it's a bummer. Again, there, there's two parts of me with this. I, I'm super happy for Lorenzo Cain. Like, go be with your family. I don't think people understand or I don't people re- realize or think about how crummy it is to have a family and play baseball. It's not like football where you're, you know, playing 18 games, 18 weeks, whatever, you know, and you're playing half of them on the road. It's February to October, and you're on the road 80-plus nights a year. Like, I just, I can't fathom that. So I'm happy for him. I wish we could have got one last ride out of him. And, but what are you going to do? That's Lorenzo Cain. I had a tweet that said yesterday that really the Brewers paid all that money for the first two or three years of the deal, right? We knew this going in, that he was going to tail off. So I guess five years, $80 million. If we look at this contract as two years, uh, $40 million, you know, in 18 and 19, with what they got from him those two years and what he meant to that team, I guess if you look at it that way, it's maybe a little better. But, I mean, I have no problem yeah. giving him five years knowing that it's going to be tough at the end. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. I saw something um, where with the offensive production and the defensive production that Kane brought in 2018, like the the war, like per dollar, mm-hmm. like metric or dollars per war metric, he was worth like 45, 50-ish, mil, like somewhere in that range, 45, 50 mm-hmm. million dollars that season alone. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, so like they, they got them for a bargain there and yeah, they're paying more on, on the back end here uh, towards the end of the contract. But, you know, really overall with the, with, yeah, with the production that he provided on the field, especially with what he did in 2018. Um, and then also in 2019, like that pretty much covered, you know, the, the $80 million in, yeah. in production that, that they're paying him. It's a bummer that 2020 shook out the way we did. Cause he might've been a pretty damn solid player in 2022. And then you're talking about three of the five years that are really elite, but I guess we'll never know. I said we were going to do some positional value things tonight, and I forgot. So before we do our random brewers really quickly, can I ask you about center field really, really quickly? They're now, as of today, 27th in wins above average from the center field position, which is 154 plate appearances from Lorenzo Cain, 105 from Tyrone Taylor. They were 28th yesterday, but they moved above the Cubs. I think Tyrone Taylor's home run probably made the difference. You see the Cubs lost to the Pirates 12-1 to yesterday, by the way. Not great. Not Not great. <laughs> Do you think Stearns exactly. is watching Tyrone Taylor for the next two or three weeks and really evaluating, is this going to be good enough, or do we have to make a move to add to that position? That's got to be, like, if he was a CEO, that's the arm of the company that he's really evaluating and trying to figure out what he needs to do, right? Right, yeah. I mean, Tyrone Taylor, I mean, he's been, Tyrone Taylor's been around the organization for a decade now. I mean, he was drafted in 2012. Yeah. You know, always really kind of w- was seen as having that potential. They dropped down for a little bit. Um, and now he's just kind of come come back up, and he's never really gotten the opportunity to be an everyday starter at the big league level quite yet. Every time it seems like he's ready, they oh let's add Hunter Hunter Renfro, let's add Andrew McCutcheon, let's let's bring yeah. in Avisel Garcia, let's let's bring in all these guys, and he never really gets the chance to be the everyday starter. Now he does, so yeah, he's going to have like essentially six weeks here mm. to really kind of prove himself to. Uh, David Stearns in the in the front office that he can be that everyday starter and really just kind of take those reps and, and be the guy. And if he can't, they're going to have to look to the trade market down on the farm. Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, you got those guys coming up as well. So they, they're going to have options coming up in, in the near future. And if he's not if he's not able to prove he can be the guy now. They're going to have to look elsewhere for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. That's the position they've gotten the least out of. Okay, random brewers. Would you like me to go first or you? Your call. I can go first. Okay. I can go first today. All Hit right. me. So I am going with uh, a guy who came back. Essentially, he was he made his big league debut with a, with a different team, with Atlanta, in 1999. Okay. And he came back up for another stint with the Brewers uh, in 2006. So 2006, Milwaukee Brewer made a few appearances. One of the one of the more fun names to say in Brewer's history. Did, did you do you know where I'm going? I don't know if I'll get this one. Tell me. Joe Winklesass. <laughs> Joe Winklesass. That's a fun name to say, isn't it? Joe Winklesass. It's shades of Winklevoss with less white privilege and annoyingness. Yes, I agree. Joe Winkle. <laughs> 2006. Seven innings, gave up six earned runs, six walks, and four Ks. I love it. That's such a 2006 pitching line, by the way. Barely any strikeouts. Winkle sass. I can't wait to look up pictures of this guy. So for my random brewer, I was inspired thinking of Craig Council's first career win as a manager, which came over the Dodgers on May 4th, 2015. And I picked a player that was instrumental, but often forgotten about, but was mentioned by counsel directly in the postgame presser. I draw your attention to the eighth inning. Uh, Ernan Gomez, or uh, who am I? Who, who, wait, do I have Hector the right? Gomez. Hector Gomez. I thought Ernan Perez, I'm sorry. Hector Gomez 
homer to left field to make it three to two, but it was a nine pitch at bat that ended in a double, setting up Carlos Gomez for the game tying RBI. Give me Adam Lind for today's random brewer. Adam Lind, the guy they traded for Freddie Peralta. Solid player, too. I always remember yeah. just you were comfortable that he was going to give you a good at bat, and no better example than that fateful night, May 4th, 2015. Shout out Craig Council. Barely asked yeah. you about Craig today. Is that what you expected? I could have gone all Craig. Could have done a whole whole interview with Craig. Yeah, yeah, we could have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Adam Lint, that's a, that's a good throwback. Another one of the first baseman carousel traded uh, Marco Estrada yeah. to Toronto to get him and then traded him for three pitchers, including Freddie Peralta. In the family of Chris Carter and the cousin of Eric Thames, the distant cousin of Eric Thames. One on the – I almost went Matt Gamel today, too, but – he seems oh, he, not random enough. I still reference yeah. Matt Gamble enough on the show, so I feel like that would have been a little True. little redundant. Gasper, I appreciate it, and I love your Corbin Burns breakdown anytime we can get it, so I appreciate you. Thank you. Stay cool out there. It's yeah. a hot one. I will try. I will try. Take care, man. That is David Gasper. I appreciate you. I, took, I uh, kept you too long. Read his stuff, reviewing the brew on Twitter, at dgasper24. Let's take a break. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.